When I started this podcast, I really, really wanted to help graduates across the globe to really take that action to work towards their goal. It could be either, you know, getting a job or starting their own venture or at least taking the first step to upskilling themselves. And guess what? This episode is all about you, the grads across the globe. So what are you waiting for? Let's get into it. I'm Ishani Nigam, your host, a recent graduate from the University of Melbourne, streaming from Australia. I help businesses, entrepreneurs in this post-COVID world to reach their target audience through engaging and intriguing audiovisual content. But over here, I help you, aspiring leaders, students from all across the globe, to take your first step towards your goal. This season, with taking your first step ever, there's also a bit of twist to it. We will be discussing something very important in taking your first step, which is you. It's all about you, your abilities and your internal environment that takes you to the first step. So my friends, get ready and get started for an engaging and really informative season where I engage with accomplished people who have taken their first step but the way to the first step has been building their inner capabilities and that is what we are going to unleash this season so if you are interested to take that first step in whatever profession you want to at wherever place you are right now then get ready for this season My friends, I have the honor to invite the guest speaker today who is the author of the best-selling book, The Grad Gate, which talks about all about you, which tells you that you are more employable than you think. But how is what is that we're going to discuss today in this episode. So my friends, grab a seat, grab your headphones, and grab a cup of coffee or whatever you like to drink because today you're going to get a lot of insights that is exactly directed to you. And if you're someone who's helping graduates on their journey across the globe, then this can be very, very helpful to you as well. So please join me in welcoming Yusuf Shadid. Hi, Yusuf. Hi, Shani. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to have you over here and firstly thank you so much for giving your time. Um reason being what we are doing right now it's it's really to help uh, in any way the graduates the students around the globe helping them to find their goal and how they can actually step by step or you know in very actionable way they can you know reach those those goals. So uh, Yusuf I would like you to first Give a very brief intro about yourself. I studied engineering. Actually, I started with an engineering degree in Swinburne, uh, Swinburne University. Two years in, realized it's not for me. Didn't really like it. It was a double degree, so I transferred to a single degree of business. Um, graduate business management, just like most graduates, I was a bit lost. What should I do? What should I, you know, where should I find work? Where do I start? So, in business management, I had the accounting as my major. Um, and I was applying basically to all sort of 
jobs, small, medium, big firms, um, trying the whole lot. Long story short, after a few months, I managed to find a position um, with Deloitte in the graduate division. Of course, there was a lot of revisions and visit to the Curie Center and a bit of frustration. And I'm talking over the course of six months. Worked with Deloitte and subsequently worked with EY um, in their consulting division. So I started with assurance and external human resources. Um, did that for the last four or so years. And recently, during COVID, um, last year, I, I was always passionate about students' employability, students' engagement, um, very involved with the Swimbin alumni group, for example. So I just started GradShip with the aim of enhancing graduates' employability. So anything to do with employability, whether it's applying for jobs or getting those soft skills, that's what GradShip is all about. So that's been my journey. So I believe in this graduate book that is the best-selling book at this point in time. We will be getting to see a lot of your experiences, or is it a secret right now that what we are going to read about? Then? Not at all, not at all. It's it's um, A lot of it, I guess, is... Um, fairly common knowledge, except that students get exposed to that knowledge a lot later in their degree. So what I mean by that, the grad gate, um, Elizabeth says, a gate that opens for graduates to find their you know, dreams and employability and all the sort of goals they want to achieve. But more importantly, it's broken down to a journey of a student. So you finish high school, you're not sure what to study, you enroll in a course. Sometimes you're passionate about it, and that's great. Um, most of the times, you're like myself, you're not sure if what you're studying relates to what you want to do. You don't even know what the jobs look like. So there's a lot of uncertainty. So the grad gate takes you from um, the first year, that's chapter one, which is all about growing your skills and networking and soft skills and getting rid of that you know, shyness where you're not confident in meeting new people. Second year um, drills down, and that's the second chapter, which is acquiring. You acquire more skills, you become more specific in the skills you acquire so you start group presentations you start teamwork you start volunteering on campus all these activities that really make you employable so the book essentially uh, tries to answer the question is why is it that some students and graduates find jobs during their studies and get internships and get experience and get graduate jobs really easily where a lot of them graduate and have no idea what to do and still struggle for months it's not the fault of the student it's just the process that been following um, they're not exposed to these things early on. So that's the second year, second chapter about acquiring these connections. Of course, networking is a key aspect of the book. So I mentioned every single chapter in its own section. Third year, um, which is what I believe most of your audience would be, either graduating their final year um, or they just started to, to apply for graduate jobs. So third year is all about jobs. How can you, with your skills now, you have all the transferable employable skills, you want to find a job. So what is it that you do to get a good resume, good cover letter, um, do really well on LinkedIn? How do you interview well? What sort of common questions are there? Um, those for business students, especially the big four, what is management consulting? So that's all about chapter three, which is when you are in your final year. Chapter four addresses more the um, mental stress, which I believe is very, very relevant to graduates. So chapter four is all about graduate. I can go on and on about how you can make a good resume and a good cover letter and do well in an interview. But the reality is, even if you do these things, the psychological element has to be addressed. It is frustrating, especially for international students, because you are applying literally hundreds. And I know how much effort goes in a single application. You are doing your best in every single application. 
and you're still not getting results. So chapter four is all about addressing that mindset and psychological factor. But more importantly, in chapter four, I do interview five industry leaders who have been either graduates not long time ago or um, coach and manage graduates directly. And they give you insights and tips how you can stand out as a graduate along with their insight about their own journey. In all of the four chapters, I do make it a bit personal. So I mentioned stories from my studies at Swimbin, um, about teamwork, about that team member who never showed up in presentations, uh, about <laughs> all, all bad things that students can very much relate to and very relevant. Um, so that's essentially the book, four chapters. Um, that's the content, of course. You know, it's 160 pages, so there's a lot more to it. But that's essentially the message I'm trying to get is how can you make yourself employable from day one as a student all the way to graduation? That is fantastic because I think uh, uh, being a graduate, recent graduate, uh, and uh, starting this podcast for the only reason to help my colleagues and my peer with any information that I can so that they're on the right path, they don't lose the focus in this uncertain time right now. And I think with that book coming in, I think you very rightly said that all this information we know, it's out there, but the timing is not right. Maybe we we always get to know when I think we have missed the bus. So thank you for bringing that thing uh, much earlier in the graduate's life and it's really required and that's why everyone says that one has to be proactive to go and connect and meet people. This is the reason when people say that because then you get to know a lot how someone has gone through their journey in their career you know and then you get to know oh these were the roots maybe these were the way out and I could have you know taken that so to something that both of us are trying to do uh, very diligently for the graduates and for aspiring leaders I'm happy to have you here now that you have spoken a bit about your uh, book which sounds really interesting and so am I very interested as a recent graduate to read it as well um what I really wanted to understand uh you had a business background and then you were not very sure what you want to do. Then you were working in um, the really reputated consulting firms. How did your perception shift? Or how did you get into this industry? Sure, that's a, a very good question because um, I do have actually my younger siblings still at university and they're going through that phase where um, should I start just with a big company, small company? Should I start my own thing? And there's a lot of things, especially for business students, of course, it's a bit less for engineering and IT because the career path is more or less defined and you can always make small shifts. Um, but with business students, because it's so broad, um, there are so many options at the beginning that you really feel overwhelmed or lost or you're afraid of making the wrong call. So how, how I approached it is um, I knew that I, guess, wanted to work full-time before after I graduated. I knew that I needed experience. Um, now, some students can be straight entrepreneurs. They have a skill set. That's great. I didn't have a skill set, and I knew that I needed to upskill in order to get to where I am today. Um, did I have the business idea back then? Absolutely not. I was just taking it day by day. I didn't have it figured out at all. Um, so I started, I guess, with, you know, when I started with the assurance and advisory in, in Deloitte and the consulting with EY, um, you start to accumulate these skills that really make a difference. So what I'm talking about is skills like client-facing, communication. That's a key skill for how to send an email. Like, think about it. If you see the emails as a first-year student you send to your lecturers versus now as a graduate, you've come a long way. This is a, you know an ongoing training. You upskill every day without realizing. So working in the workforce in an environment like that really upskills you in that 
Um, and then the most important aspect is networking, whether you're a student, graduate, colleague, and everything. Long story short, I didn't really have it figured out. So I finished four years of consulting for a bit um, with these companies. And it got to the point, I guess towards the end, I was working a smaller consultancy when COVID happened. Um, it got to the point where because of COVID, the roles are changing. So my role, of course, it was reduced like many you know, yeah. professionals, and that's fine. But more importantly, my role has changed. Instead of me, I guess, servicing the clients and giving them advice on human resources, I essentially become a salesman. So I just had to sell what we what we do as a consultancy. You need this product. And I was sort of developing these skills and getting better at it. And I said, if I'm able to sell someone else's work and consultancy, why can't I do it on my own? So there's that piece. And there's also the piece that because I live with my um, younger siblings, so my brother and sister both at university, and I'm seeing their struggles in COVID. Like I'm seeing how it's affecting them directly. And because of my involvement with the mentorship program, I, I was already thinking about starting something with graduates. So I guess there's a bit of something meaningful that I really want to do. And also solving that problem and selling it, you know, um, selling those solutions to students. So, of course, if you can always marry your passion with your job and your work, that's best case scenario. That's but the reality cool. is it doesn't always happen straight away. You have to, there is a bit of a process. You can always upskill, ask questions, um, you know, literally watching YouTube videos. That really puts you in the right mindset and you can assess where your gaps are and upskill accordingly. Um, so yeah, that's how I guess Gradship started in COVID and um, the book became, I guess, as a tool to aid the business as well. That's interesting. I think a lot of good things have also happened during COVID. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to ask you another question over here. Uh, you already, I think what was really beautiful in your story so far is that I, I understood that you were aware of the areas where you would like to, you know, upskill yourself to reach a certain point so i think awareness about oneself one's strengths and the areas one need to you know upskill in is very important at the right time because then you are not wasting time getting confused between should i go with, go with this path or should i go with that path because often we do fall into that trap you know because when we are not aware about ourselves so really happy to know that you were and i think that's a great lesson yeah yeah absolutely i think I was to an extent. I still obviously had to figure things out. But I always think about it in terms of transferable skills, regardless of whether you're a student, you're a graduate, you're working full-time, part-time, casual job, hospitality, retail. What can you take out of this position, this company, where you are in terms of skills and mm -hmm. transfer them to somewhere else? So that's the thing I loved about the big four. Um, Work-life balance hasn't been always great, and that's a well-known fact. But yeah. the transferable skills that you get out of there, basically resilience, working under pressure, um, doing proposals for clients, presentations, networking, these are all skills that you can essentially take to your own business, take to your own company, um, take to your student club at universities. So always I was thinking about it, not in terms of a position or what it means or pay, which is important, but think about it in terms of growth. What can you take in terms of transferable skills? So that would be, I guess, my key the key thing that really, I didn't have it figured out or I knew what skills I needed, but I knew that 
I was always looking for skills that I can transfer to someone else. Happy to hear that because I think I I learned something new right now, which is about focusing on transferable skills, and I think that's the need from where it all arises from. That okay, this is what the industry requires, or my uh, you know profession requires. Do I have it? If not, let's build upon it. So that was a great way of going ahead, and thank you for sharing that with us. Because I think when we talk to students, to graduates, and we tell them that you, you it's it's really good to you know participate in university to volunteer. for other work whatever you are passionate about or whatever you're interested in because then that builds all those qualities very early on in your career so i think that is the reason where why we a lot of us you know help students and even when i receive this particular advice is now why i understand that what what is the logic behind that if someone is really looking for the logic behind things Absolutely. this is the thing and um, i'm happy that you you are here you are able to explain these things to our listeners today so transferable could be soft or hard skills it's more obvious in the technical roles like as an it as a programmer as a web designer you go to a job description and they say we require you to do this and this and this so it's clear i need to learn this language i need to learn the software you upskill there that's a skill you can take to another job or to another company right with the soft skills it's not always clear right so that's where i guess there's a bit of ambiguity what is a transferable skill so transferable skills like communication presentation you know key stakeholder management these things um that's a bit ambiguous to learn but the way you do it is just getting involved seeing that skill in your current position every position in the world needs a high degree of communication every position needs um some sort of presentation if you're client facing every position needs teamwork if you're working in a team so these are transferable almost anywhere so regardless you know so that's how you always have to distinguish between soft and hard skills so a transferable skill could be a hard skill that you have to learn a software you have to learn something or it could be a soft interesting thank you for pointing that out uh, moving on i was a little interested to know that when you uh, thought of starting your own venture in covid were there any challenges that you faced and that you would like to share with us absolutely i mean it is still very much a challenge to be frank um starting a business is always a challenge and everyone should know this going into business and it's it shouldn't really put you away right because your job currently is a challenge your studies is a challenge um covid situation first on a personal level for a lot of people is a great challenge right from a personal point of view you can't see your family you can't go to see your friends that is a challenge so you're always going to have challenges anyway right so with a business i started the business knowing that it's going to be a challenge so it's also about setting the expectation i didn't think oh it's going to be so easy you know i'm so good at this i'm just going to do it it's going to be a challenge now that being said the i guess the key challenge i had because i started with my own a lot of people start with partners and obviously yeah. you have a bit of accountability a bit of process it's a bit easier in a team because i started on my own the main challenge was making the habits work with me um i believe motivation is important but motivation really doesn't last and um, one day you're motivated second day you're not motivated one day you're motivated motivation doesn't last but your habits and consistency do right so you develop certain okay. habits that become really easy to follow day in day out that they become your accountability so you just do them without thinking whether it's a walk in the morning whether it's reading something um every day um whether it's working on a report finishing something you just have that habit so uh, a really good book while we hear atomic habits i read that last year and i believe that's such a great value for developing these habits so the challenge for me was to always keep myself accountable because 
there wasn't a lot of clarity in where I want to take it. I started the business in May, not knowing about Victoria's second lockdown. So obviously the whole business model was around uh, personal engagement, workshops in person. Obviously that wasn't possible in, you know, in Victoria. So I had to improvise, okay, well, this is beyond my control, but what can I do to make the most of it? And you're fairly active on LinkedIn. You know how powerful LinkedIn is. So I started doing a lot more work on LinkedIn, started doing a lot of webinars, started doing a lot of Zoom consultations. I had a lot of time. I said, if I have a lot of time now to develop something, this is a perfect time for me to have that book, right? Because I had the book as an idea for a long time. And it was always something that you're like, I don't have enough time for this. So it's not a priority. But because of lockdown, like I have a lot of time. Like saying that you don't have time is no longer an excuse. Um, Mm -hmm. So those were, I guess, the type of challenges that I had. Until now, I think the main challenge for any business, um, any business in the world, the main challenge is um, adversity. Basically, people not knowing about you. So I could be the best professional in employability, the best resume writer, the best LinkedIn, the best um, interviewer in the world. But if people don't know about me, if students don't know about me, that's no use, right? So always for any business, you have to learn how to sell. You have to learn marketing. This extends to digital marketing, online, websites, you know, leads. I'm learning all about it. I'm upskilling. I'm not there yet. But for me, the challenge is to get to that point as quickly as possible to make the, uh, the business basically um, following that. So th- there would be, I guess, the key challenges. The personal level is I have to keep myself disciplined. Uh, and more importantly, learning how to um, promote the business because no one really knows about the business, right? So that's, there were the two key challenges I had. Yeah, I think that that's absolutely right. And that's bang on when you mentioned that uh, with the challenges, like you are aware of certain challenges and you discover a few challenges along the journey, which I'm sure that you have. And thank you for sharing all these uh, exact challenges that you're facing so that our listeners can understand that it is not just for your business that someone needs to really market themselves. And I think this we have also talked about on my first ep- ever in previous episodes that how important it is to build your own personal brand to market yourself. And uh, often uh, a lot of people get really scared that oh, I can't even speak. How will I market myself, you know? So I think it's a great platform for everyone who's listening to us today that starting small is the key to everything. Uh, You know, marketing yourself is just maybe take a platform like LinkedIn. I I really advocate LinkedIn and just start, you know, even if you don't want to post something of your own, just start engaging with the post of someone else that you like, you really resonate with. Just start with a like first. If Absolutely. that gives you a bit of confidence, start with a little comment and then start putting questions. Start, you know, engaging other people also. Just absolutely. put out your question and idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so yeah, I just want to add to that LinkedIn. A lot of students obviously shy away from LinkedIn because they feel like, it's Instagram or Facebook and I have to post every day. No, that's not true. It's exactly what you said. Start with the engagement. Start with the like. Start with the comment. Start with just having a really good profile that matches the jobs and recruiters can find. There are a lot of steps that you can take. Like I've been on LinkedIn for 10 years. I've only posted probably four or five times. Posting is not something that you should do constantly on LinkedIn to get a brand. Yes, if you do it, of course, you'll increase your brand. And that's best case scenario. But as a student starting, your, you know, establishing your brand, Starting with those small things that you mentioned is really crucial and really makes a difference in your um, branding. Something that I picked up from your um, 
story is that you want to reach there as quickly as possible. So that has sort of rung a bell in my head as well because un- unless you reach there as soon as possible, the rest of the journey that you want to take, it will be a little slow. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing that as well. Now, I remember you mentioned at the beginning that yes, we can you know tell everyone that there's a goal that you need to reach towards. We can help them with the actionable points, which you're doing it through your book. And uh, I'm doing it through this podcast, but then there is another very important aspect of everyone's life, which is the psychological balance that we have. And in this particular season of my first year, ever, we are really focusing on that inner ability, the mental strength, yeah. that only our internal abilities, our environment, the peace can, you know, pave us through these times. So I would like to know from you. What are the top three things that you think is very necessary to do to keep your inner abilities really strong and and strengthen it? First thing, I think, develop the habits. That's crucial to anything you do, right? So, mint. You know, the mind is a muscle. Just like you go to your, you know, to your gym or you do jogging or whatever your exercises or yoga or stretching. That's a muscle that you need to exercise regularly and daily. You know, if you don't do it on a regular basis. You know the feeling, you know, you start exercising after four or five months of stopping, you know your body's telling you, no, this is too much for me, take it easy. So you take it day by day. You feel that resistance. So the mind is exactly the same. Mental toughness is something that you can develop over time. It's not because, um, you know, you always had it easy and you have it hard. That means that you already have the mechanism to cope. No, you have to every day put good thoughts in your mind and try to be resilient. I think Number one tip would be perspective. It's all about perspective, right? So, you know, uh, there's this quote that says, you know, life is, you know, I think um, 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. I really believe that, right? Because, for example, in COVID, that perspective, you know, it was hard on a lot of people, including myself. Um, a lot of people um, were very challenged on a personal level, but it's all about perspective, right? So think about it like those who are listening in Australia. I'm in a country where, Yes, yeah, we might have lockdowns here and there, but I can travel freely. I can go on about my business. I can eat and drink. Um, I can see people. I have the technology to enable me to see uh, my family and friends, right? So that perspective really shifts that. For example, those in COVID didn't have to commute long commutes. People like me were commuting long commutes to the city. In COVID, I didn't have to do that. So that's a blessing, right? So think about all the things you have versus the things you don't have, right? Um, So that's the first thing. The second thing is, Having, like being in your tribe, if that makes sense. So being involved. If you speak about positivity and optimism and mental toughness, then connect with people who speak in those terms. Stop being captured, I guess, or um, feeling like you can't really exit that, you know, uh, energy because you can. You do have a choice. Every single day you have a choice, right? So being involved with people who speak that language, who always motivate you, bring the best in you, um, help you develop these habits, really help you with your mental toughness, right? Third, and most importantly, um, really embrace your journey. Like, because the challenges you have are unique to you. Like, yes, you know, as an international student, you might have certain challenges with visa, with your family, with your situation. It might be even tough and you might skip meals. I understand that, right? But you are the only person who is going through that unique journey. So embrace that you have something special about you when you tell your story. 
if you don't do that, if you don't embrace it and just look at the bad in everything, you basically never get to tell your story because you didn't really come out of it stronger. You didn't really feel like you're resilient. And I know it's going to sound like a reference to my book, but really chapter four is all about embracing your own journey. Like no two journeys are the same. What I, what happened to me, what I'm doing in business probably means nothing to a lot of students or what you're doing with your practice and student engagement. Some students would never relate to it because they're not in a different journey. And that's okay. Embrace your uniqueness. Just because someone's telling you, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, stop doing that doesn't mean that you should always have to listen. Embrace your uniqueness, your own journey. Um, it really helps you with mental toughness, with mental resilience, um, and developing those thoughts that make you, um, you know, make you, I guess, more willing to embrace it. And on that point, I know because a lot of students are on Facebook and Instagram, literally just follow accounts that make you feel good and motivated. So daily codes, apps like daily codes, um, think videos that teach you certain skills, um, if you have a nice YouTube channel that, you know, activate the bills and watch a video every day, it really shifts your mood and it develops that habit of always growing, always um, looking for the good in things. So that would be, I guess, my top three. First, shift your perspective. And second, also, um, it was about uh, being in the tribe. And finally, just embrace it. Regardless of the situation, just embrace that this is your situation and it's uniquely yours and things will always change. So, yeah, that would be my top three. Glad I asked you that question because I think over there you have given us very simple uh, tips and strategies that how one can go ahead and, you know, really build that inner strength and love that quote that you just said, that thing, embrace your journey because you are unique and you're on a unique journey. There were a lot of, lot of action points for you, my friends, for graduates, for students, for international students across the globe. And I'm sure that this will definitely help you once you start applying. You might know some of the action points, but you might have also understood the logic behind some. And for all my international students in Australia, my friends, I am going to post a very, very special segment with Yusuf Shadid, which speaks about how international students in Australia, and if you're interested to know in general, can gain that edge while looking for a job and secure a job. So head to my LinkedIn channel, which is Ishani Nigam, and either follow me or send me a friend request. And I'm going to post this exclusive video for international students. How can they find a job also on my Instagram account? So follow my first step ever underscore IN on Instagram to know more. And please follow us on Spotify, Google or Apple podcast. Also, if you have any comments, you'd like to give any feedback or if you really like to listen to someone, Please follow us on Instagram, my first step ever underscore IN and let me know. And before I take a leave, I would like to say, start believing in yourself and most importantly, keep believing in yourself. I am Ishani Nigam, your host for my first step ever signing off for this week and eagerly waiting to have you and our next speaker again for the next week. See you.